But we're about to separate <clears throat> just for a little while. I'm sure we'll get back together at some point, but he's probably sick of me and oh golly, there is a lot. Okay, good morning and welcome to I want I'm hoping I'll say live streamers and not live streakers. Um, I was thinking, okay, streamers, streamers. Uh, good morning and welcome to Peter's journey from the darkness of denial to the light of affirmation. My name is Marcia Abernathy, and in preparing this commentary, I have used materials from Bishop Barron, the Magnificats, various other commentaries, and the books of Fragile Stone, Insinu, Jesu, and He Still Moves Stones. David and Peter, two men created for greatness, two men after God's heart, two men who loved the Lord, Two men, as Georgia told us last week, who knew well the love of the Lord, but just could not surrender everything for him when it was called for. They experience a darkness of self, an interior darkness, a fall into darkness. This dark fall for Peter came after he had followed Jesus, walked with him, ate with him, witnessed miracle after miracle by Jesus, and still Peter sins. Peter is us. When we first meet Peter, his name is Simon. He's a humble fisherman, married with children, and a devout Jewish man. He has a brother, Andrew, who first introduces him to Jesus. He excitedly tells Simon, we found the Messiah, and he brings Simon to Jesus. Jesus looks at Simon intently, seen into his very soul looks at him as we all should look, to see a person with and through the eyes of God. And Jesus immediately changes his name to Cephas, which is translated into Peter, and Peter in Aramaic means stone or rock. Just as Abram became Abraham, Simon becomes Peter, and they both become patriarchs with new names. Peter's becoming a patriarch like Abraham will take time and experience. But from that first gaze of Jesus looking through Peter, Peter will begin the transformation of rising into his new name to become God's living stone. Peter leaves behind his life as a fisherman and becomes one of Jesus's apostles. Peter is blessed to travel with Jesus for approximately three years this part of his journey culminates with the gathering together for the Last Supper. There, Jesus predicts Peter's three denials. He knows this and allows it to happen, allows Peter to commit a mortal sin. Why? Maybe so Peter would learn through this experience about his weaknesses and failures. Remember David committing one mortal sin after another a heartbroken Lord allows this to happen. We all want to follow Jesus, but we all fail despite our good desires. We deny truth, goodness, and the beauty of the Lord with our actions, our sins. Why is it so hard not to sin? But Jesus allows this. The sins are a part of our spiritual journey and through these transgressions, we discover the truth about God and the truth about ourselves. 
We need to see this with eyes of faith. And if we do, it can be a gift for us, just as it was a gift for Peter. Jesus then takes Peter and two other apostles to pray with him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And here it begins for Peter. Being human, Peter's tired. He can't stay awake and keep watch with Jesus. Jesus needs him. He needs us to stay with him. Linger close to him, not forsake him in the darkness of night. Even just being in the presence of Jesus strengthens us. He comforts us in our sufferings, and he is the light for us in the darkness. The hour finally comes, and they lead Jesus away, with Peter following him at a distance. Peter finds a courtyard with a fire burning and sits there with a clear view of the upper room where Jesus is being interrogated, struck at, and spat at in his face. We know what happens next, but why? Why, when approached by three different people, does Peter deny knowing Jesus? To Peter, who'd been a flat rock used to skimming across the water, not making any waves, stumbling and falling flat, but always managing to move forward because Jesus's eyes never leave him. What happens to Peter to sink like a dead, dark rock? to the darkest depths a man can sink to, denying Christ and remain at the bottom of the dark deep until Jesus fishes him out. Peter lets the dead rocks of fear, doubt, unfaithfulness, and being threatened weigh him down. The light of Jesus becoming very dim and Peter's future looks dark and lonely without him. Why wasn't Jesus standing up for himself? Why was he allowing this to happen? Could this happen to him? Could he also be arrested? He's desperate. He needs to get back to his apostles and figure out their next step now that Jesus is not their king. If he was their king, their Messiah, the son of God, one word, and this would all go away. He should act like a king, strong, powerful, in charge, not meek as a lamb and silent. All of a sudden, Peter realizes maybe he doesn't know Jesus. And so he denies knowing him three times. And the last denial is the most damaging to Peter. As Peter is swearing, as in a court of law, that he doesn't know Jesus, his eyes meet the eyes of Jesus in the upper room. Their eyes lock intently upon each other. And what Peter sees leads him to jump off, go by himself and weep bitterly. John of the Cross states, darkness of faith, the challenge of clinging to Christ when it feels as if he has forgotten you. Peter not only has forgotten who Jesus is, Peter's forgotten who he is. Peter had his eyes open to the sins of Simon as he forgot Jesus had made him new. Simon started focusing on earthly concerns. Peter's life has come to a screeching halt like a dead rock gathering moss at the bottom of a body of water. Peter is stagnant. He cannot bring himself to be at the foot of the cross 
still crying those bitter tears. He's absent at the crucifixion of Jesus. However, he is still with the other apostles when Mary Magdalene visits the tomb of Jesus, expecting to find and prepare for burial the body of Jesus. She finds the tomb empty, runs back to tell the others, and Peter ran, arrived at the tomb, went into the tomb and saw the burial cloth there. He did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. John 20, four through nine. Peter returns home. He was still that dead rock at the bottom of the sea. He wanted to believe, but like all of us had a nugget of unbelief. He is still sunk by the weight of unbelief, gasping for air at the bottom of the dark sea. He's like the man crying out in Mark 9, 23, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Flannery O'Connor writes, all I can say about my love of God is, Lord, help me in my lack of it. One of the last times seven of the apostles were gathered together for the sole purpose of fishing, they all went out at night in the boat and did not catch a single fish. Their nets were as empty as their hearts and souls. As dawn broke, they saw at a distance a figure of a man they didn't recognize. He yelled out to them to cast their net over the right side of the ship, which they amazingly, amazingly obeyed, and they hauled in the net. It was weighed down with 153 fish, the exact number of species of fish in the sea. All of a sudden, John realizes who the mysterious figure is and shouts, it's the Lord. Peter, wonderful, impetuous Peter, jumps into the sea, leaving behind the huge catch of fish but all in to see the Lord. He had to get to Jesus. No reluctance in his heart now. I can imagine him diving in, seeing a huge rock at the bottom, grabbing it and bringing it to Jesus to maybe help build a fire pit of sorts around the campfire Jesus had built. Jesus tells Peter to bring some fish and grill it over the fire. Jesus then takes bread, breaks it, gives that and the grilled fish to them. Now comes Simon Peter's chance at redemption, coming back into the Lord's light. The dead rock had been fished from the bottom of the sea. Three times Peter had denied the Lord, and now the Lord is asking him three questions to balance out his denials. Notice the Lord uses his old name, Simon. He's reverted back to who he used to be, and Jesus makes that very clear. He asks three times, Simon, son of John, do you love me? This is a question for all humanity. Do you love me? Jesus does not admonish him for his betrayals, but he lovingly asks, do you love me? And because Jesus knows Peter loves him, Peter is reinstated and is given the head responsibility to care for the early church. Peter's no longer a fisherman, but he's a shepherd, and he is tasked with feeding the sheep, the people, with the word of God. Peter is given the opportunity to profess his love publicly in front of the other apostles. Peter knows the Lord has not abandoned him. He had felt the weight of evil, 
A storm had raged within Peter's very soul. He was filled with despair and about to throw everything away and just go back to fishing. But the Lord comes for all of us sinners, leading us out of the darkness and the imprisonment of sin, and he reveals the fullness of the revelation that is in him. Peter's leadership is not founded on his strength, but on his brokenness. He has been forgiven of the greatest sin. Peter, in his brokenness, knows the certainty of both his love for Jesus and Jesus' love for him. This is the powerful knowledge he will use to tend and feed Jesus' flock. However, a question still remains. How can Peter truly ever forget his denial of Christ? If we know about it today, his fellow apostles and friends knew about it, and being human, they must have asked him about it. As Peter was telling people to believe in Jesus, they're asking why? You denied him? Why should I believe? I think what happened to Peter is yes. He never forgot, but he also knew Jesus loved him unconditionally. And Jesus gave him ample opportunities to profess that love. Peter could not do one thing about his sins but confess them, which he did, and Jesus totally forgave him. From then on, Peter did not think about it as sin committed, but sin confessed and forgiven. Not sin committed, but sin confessed and forgiven. The one whom he had denied would not deny Simon Peter. The coward Peter became one of the most courageous men of that time, asking to be crucified upside down because no one was worthy to die as Jesus did. Peter experienced a healing of memory through the power of our Lord. He became the living stone of God. My eight-year-old grandson, Henry, has a rock collection which he keeps at my house. He's collected rocks over the years from the yard outside my house, parks, beaches, mountains, lakes, everywhere. They're all different. Big, small, smooth, shiny, rough, black, white, gray, multicolored. And he gets them all out and he lines them up and he builds things. He carries them around and when he's finished, he lovingly puts them all back in a light-filled glass container that I keep on my desk. My eyes lit on this container and I thought, this is Jesus. He takes us out. He gives us all a purpose. He builds a kingdom here on earth for us. He carries us when we fall into sin and he heals us. And then he lovingly gathers all of us together and places us in heaven, his light-filled container. As Peter would write in 1 Peter 2.5, come to him, a living stone, rejected by human beings, but chosen and precious in the sight of God. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house. God has made us all to become living stones in his kingdom, all different, all prone to sinking, but all necessary. Christ's three gazes at Peter are the lifeline throughout Peter's life. I believe the first gaze of Jesus looking at Simon 
when he changed his name to Peter was all-knowing, all-loving, and challenging. The second gaze, when Peter was denying Jesus for a third time, was one of complete love and forgiveness. And this crushed Peter. Jesus was seen in person, Peter at his absolute worst. So painful for Peter. And yet Jesus turns and is willing to go to the cross for him and for you and me. He gazes at us and sees all of our failures and frailties and still goes to the cross. And as God said, let light shine out of the darkness. Let this light shine in our hearts to bring the light of knowledge of the glory of God on the face of Jesus. This is what Peter sees, the glory of God on Jesus' face. The third gaze is at the campfire beside the Sea of Tiberias. As Jesus searches Simon's eyes, he holds his gaze as he allows him to make up for his threefold denial with a threefold affirmation. We all covet that gaze of being restored and committed to God's work to become a living stone, Peter will never be Simon again. Simon, a lowly sinner born again to be Saint Peter, the living rock, the patriarch of our church. Finally, what are we gonna do with the dead rocks, the sins we have? Are we gonna let them weigh us down? Are we gonna keep them in our pockets, away from the light of day? dark, dingy, and carry them around? Are we going to let a big sin become dark and stagnant at the bottom of our soul, become covered with dark moss and grow bigger every day? Or are we going to confess those sins, receive forgiveness from our Lord, and take those rocks out of our pockets, lighten our Lord and lighten our load, and put them at the feet of Jesus, where he will lovingly discard them and then gather us, now his living stones, in the container we all know as heaven, our heavenly home. All clear, bright, filled with light, and no longer scattered, but all together praising Jesus, who is our ultimate rock of foundation. Come, follow Jesus as Peter and his fellow apostles did.